podcast like this is quite an undertaking. I will confess that to y'all. It seems like I find ways to uh, uh, add to the stuff that I'm doing when I have already a lot of quote-unquote stuff to do anyway. But in spite of all that, I, uh, I decided that I wanted to go down this route more probably for my own catharsis and working out my own thoughts and reactions to what is uh, going on in our world right now, what is going on in my own heart right now, and where I am in my own relationship with God and others. So here we are, and here I am, and it seems like every evening, somewhere around the 11 o'clock hour, I decide, yeah, it's about time that I sit down and start reflecting or talking about the events of the day and, and uh, the things that I have concluded or I have interacted with people about. So, welcome all one or two of you that decided to listen into this podcast. It is entitled The Love You Later By Podcast, The Psych Monologues. I am uh, Dr. Ray Mitch, your host and commentator and um, novice philosopher and psychologist and a variety of other lists that uh, we I used to jokingly say um, master or, or uh, <clears throat> I don't remember what I said now. Uh, jack of all trades and master of none and that certainly fits where uh, with what it feels like when I sit down in front of this microphone and decide to uh, pontificate for 15 or 20 minutes so uh, welcome it is uh, April 22nd 2000 or 2020 2020 yeah well whatever and um we are in day 36 as best as I can count it as we have mentioned or as I have mentioned frequently um, the only thing that separates my days is when I like, crawl into bed and sleep for a period of time and then the next day seems to pick up exactly where the last one left off the only difference is there's more daylight outside my window than there is uh, at any given point in time later in the day and you you, you might say, well, welcome to the world, Captain Obvious. You figured out that the day and night uh, cycle that we call 24 hours. But all that being said, um, this uh, podcast was designed to uh, give me an opportunity to speak directly to uh, the seniors in the, in the CCU psychology program. Uh, to reflect and think about the things that they might face in the future or to pass along or um, uh, point to some things that I hope that they would be able to use at some point in the future as they move into the next chapter in their lives. Unfortunately, because of the nature of how this whole thing has gone down, uh, it seems like the chapter doesn't really have a real good ending point to it. And what that requires of us ultimately is 
finding some way to <clears throat> put a period at the end. And that period is filled with a variety of things that helps us to mark the, the um, tracking of time to reflect and celebrate the a variety of things that have occurred over the last few years, particularly for seniors in college. A, a remarkable time of change and growth and revelation and epiphanies and all the other things that go along with it. So um, that what I want to do tonight is as we have been moving along last night, we talked a little bit about uh, the, the nature of um, uh, dealing with pain and, and the nature of expectations and how they fit in. Uh, I want to turn my attention to a couple things. And like I said, I'm going to be dividing this time up, which is a pretty compressed schedule when you think of it in terms of 15 to 20 minutes. But I'll, I'll do my best. And then if I need to continue it on to the next uh, podcast the day after, yeah, what the heck, I might invite you to come back and, and listen for more. So, uh, so there's a couple things I want to try to address and talk about um, tonight. The first one really is uh, the assertion that I would make to you that uh, perspective is over overblown. You know, a lot of times we hear people say perspective is everything. As a matter of fact, many years ago uh, when I was uh, acting as teaching pastor and pastor of spiritual formation at a little church plant that we were part of, um, I actually did a, a message on that. His perspective is everything. And I engaged the audience in saying that at various points in time throughout the thing uh, the message that I was giving but I think in a lot of ways perspective is overblown uh, particularly when it is imposed on a reality that doesn't seem to have any perspective at all the things that we are in uh, the, the the experiences that we are going through and the losses that have been piling up for people. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody today that that there was just an, a, a undefined but uh, significant list of things that, that had been lost, whether it's hanging out with friends or going on runs with friends or the easy access of just sitting down over a cup of coffee or, or some other... Uh, beverage of, of uh, choice and uh, talking about life and talking about, you know, crabbing about the way things are or whatever it might be. But the, the point that I want to make is, is that um, we love, particularly when we're faced with things that we can't explain or things that we really, really don't like, is that our temptation is to slap per perspective onto it and then kind of congratulate ourselves that now I know how to proceed. And unfortunately, when perspective is, is uh, imposed upon a situation, that doesn't necessarily equip us any further for what it is we're experiencing at the time that it's occurring. Now, is perspective helpful in terms of anchoring ourselves to the truth and, and all of the things that keep our perspective on the, on the horizon and 
maybe being hopeful and all of that? And the answer would be an unequivocal yes. I will tell you that even as I speak tonight, my family and I have been hit by another train, a train of loss that is, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell the story. It's not mine to tell. It's for another member of my family. But it has thrown us into a, a series of questions about God's character, about the future, about having to rewrite our understanding of what God might be up to in, in this person's life. It's all of that. And the interesting thing about all of that is that, like I said a minute ago, is our tendency is when we're thrown into chaos, when we're thrown into a situation where we can't seem to come up with a ready-made answer for what's going on or why it turns out this way or whatever it might be, <clears throat> we either demand an answer from reality or life or God or whatever, or we slap some kind of perspective on it as if that's going to make it go away. And in many cases, uh, and in our case, that would be significantly true, is that would be very much like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. And that's our tendency, I think, even as humans, that with confusion, we seek to create consistency. We seek to create something that I puts me back in control because I am confronted with something that is spiraling so quickly and so significantly out of my control that the only thing I can offer is some perspective. And so when I say that perspective is overblown, it is overblown when we try to impose it on the situation we're currently in without allowing ourselves the freedom to go through it as best we know how. And there's no formula there is no 12 quick and easy steps to get through it. There is no, there may not even be words to describe it, which is, <laughs> it really is the challenge of the, the situation that we certainly find ourselves in, I find myself in. I, I'm not that person, but I am watching somebody that I love go through that. And words, you know, words just don't do the trick. Because again, words don't accomplish the healing because healing's not possible right now. The only thing that's really possible is the comfort and care and support of people around us to say we're with you in it. We're walking with you through it. We can't provide you with any immediate relief, but we can be around enough to be able to communicate that we are, you're not alone. We're walking through you in it. So the question would come, so when is perspective appropriate? I mean, if I'm walking through some, something 
some dark moment or some dark valley with somebody, when is it appropriate for me to actually pers- provide some perspective? And my, my answer would be later than you think. And the second follow-up response would be, maybe it's not your job to provide perspective. Maybe it's just your job to walk and see the pain and recognize the, the heartache and recognize the confusion and, and be there for that person and, and allow God to provide this perspective at a later point in time. See, we're an impatient people. I'm an impatient person. I want an answer now. I want an answer now. Why? Because if I have an answer now, then I can at least figure out how to survive what I'm in. The bottom line is, is I want an answer now because I don't want to have to trust. I don't want to have to live in this confusion because it really only heightens the level of discomfort and pain that I'm experiencing. The challenge of the time that we're in with the pain that we're experiencing, the loss of perspective, the, the yawning silence that seems to occur in these moments in time uh, from God. And I think at that, the, the, not the reason, because again, that would be me offering an explanation that is thoroughly inappropriate. But the one thing that can fill that gap for us while we're in pain is a person not somebody that's there to fix it, although depending on the nature of the injury and everything else, that certainly is pretty helpful. But when we're talking about the psychological pain of loss, maybe it's not so much an answer we're seeking as much as a presence that gives us comfort. I said this before in an earlier podcast, is that we rush to provide our profundity when in fact what is only required is our presence and that's a backdrop i think to this whole idea and that brings us to another p so i go from profundity to presence to perspective and there is no time as a counselor that is more exciting to me than being a part of somebody's journey enough to hear them get to the other side, to get through the valley of the shadow of death, as David talks about it, and begin to get a clear understanding of perhaps what God might have been up to in that moment in time. We have to get beyond that point in time to be able to have that perspective. It's almost like we have to move out of that valley that David talks about to be able to get out of it and look back at it and have an understanding as to how it fits into the sweep of of the story arc of our lives and where God fits into it. And that that's I would suggest to you that that is probably way more powerful 
and highlights the power of what God might be, be up to, then if we jump in and offer some shallow explanation to try to make ourselves feel like we can be helpful and useful to somebody else, again, I would underscore that perhaps our most fundamental connection with one another is in the presence we offer another person without explanation, without anything. Just saying, I see your pain. I understand where it's coming from. I, I understand how difficult and awful and uncomfortable it is. So let's walk together for the time being. Maybe then a perspective that is large enough to include a God that sometimes in these moments in time seems so impossible to understand, which he is, I think, in the larger perspective, I think we know that. But in this moment in time, the kind of nitty-gritty, dirty, bloody details of our lives, that doesn't often seem enough. And my suspicion is, is God, God has provided us to be in community with one another so that we can provide the nitty-gritty, bloody, messy, detailed connection with people who are in the middle of their pain without having to try to minimize it by trying to make it all go away. I would point back to the, the work of Job's friends when they first saw him on the heels of a devastating series of losses that Job experienced, which directly moves into where a lot of our lives are. He lost his kids. He lost his property. He lost his connection in so many ways. <clears throat> he lost his health. And his friends approach him from a distance and are aghast that it's even the same person that they knew before all of this happened. And it stunned them into silence. In the Hebrew faith, it's referred to as sitting Shiva with somebody else. And they did that with, with care and compassion and <clears throat> commitment. And I would suggest to you their best work happened in those first seven days. And it's inconceivable to think that, that his friends sat with him for seven days, allowing him to vent and to go off and to demand answers and all those things all of the things that we do in the face of overwhelming, grinding pain in the face of the losses that we experience. Now, the minute I recognize as I'm describing this that, that somebody might say, well, wow, I, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> but that bad compared to what? And usually our comparison is always, as I've said in previous podcasts, 
is always in the service of controlling something. You know, that, that might be controlling other people's perceptions of how bad it is. Or it might be controlling other people's perceptions of how faithful I might appear. Or it might be controlling other people's perceptions of what kind of good or bad Christian I am. And yet, trying to control things detaches us from our humanity. We need the kind of friends who are willing to sit with us and allow us to be fully who we are in the face of our pain and not provide a quick explanation. And that's some food for thought, I suppose, in the face of certainly what my family and I are facing. I think that what we're facing is really not that unusual for many other people. For some people out there, it may be the loss of a job, a loss of income, a loss of ability to provide for one's family. It may be any number of things that are losses that we just don't identify because I think... <laughs> Somehow we get this wrong-headed notion that if I don't label it, then it doesn't exist and I don't have to deal with it or it's really not that important. And yet it still affects us. And yet it impacts how we relate to each other and, might I add, not on the note of selfishness, but of relating to myself and all the messages I entertain in relationship to that, to me, how I see myself and the narrative I, I, I have on myself. So, I, I am uh, mildly surprised, not overly surprised, that uh, this would take me all of 20 plus minutes to unpack. Uh, but I think I will leave it there for tonight and say that Perspective is necessary at the appropriate time, but perspective that is imposed is oftentimes tyrannical and shame-producing in many of us because we're trying to make sense of something that is immediately nonsensical to us and maybe we should figure out some way to accept things as they are, not as we would have them to be, which, by the way, was the entire background and subtext to Jesus' life when he came here. Because he knew that we weren't living the kind of life we were designed for, and yet he accepted it as it was, not as he would have it, but then pursued modeling and engaging in the kind of relationships that would give people a taste of what heaven really is like, which is a remarkable thing when you think about it. So like I said, there's some food for thought for the evening. I will uh, turn my attention tomorrow night on what I was going to spend some time talking about, and that is that the journey actually matters. But for tonight, perspective is overblown unless it's in the context of a relationship that walks with us to develop it.
Thanks for joining me. I am Dr. Ray Mitch, your host for the Love You Later by podcast. I'll be here tomorrow waiting for you to talk about life as we know it. Until then, 